0: This week, we are talking all about emotional triggers and family situations. So why is it that we can be emotionally mature, balanced, and in our wu-wei flow in many aspects of our life, such as our current partnerships, friendships, or career? But when it comes to, say, our parents or other family members, it's like they know how to press our emotional pain points to rub us up the wrong way. And so we get emotionally triggered into fight, flight or freeze mode. And it's like we revert back to the irritated, angry, insecure or anxiety ridden younger self that we no longer want to be. So what's going on here? How is our inner child involved? And what can we do to restore inner calm and find peace with the family situation and those we love? Well, in this week's teaching, we answer your questions. Okay, David, so this issue with being triggered by our family or family situations, how common is it and what's going on here?
1: Well, it's really common for my clients. I dislike the word triggers because the word trigger means that somebody else has got the finger on the trigger when I want to teach you that only you can have the finger on your trigger. And this teaching is very important because it allows us to highlight the teaching of the inner child. And for those of you new to our channel and our teaching, when we use the label inner child, you can replace it with what you prefer, ego, emotional mind, subconscious mind. But I think you'll see on this particular teaching why the label inner child really works. Because what you're talking about relates directly to that part of our mind that I would call the inner child. And you'll see yourself acting very much like a child around your family members. Mm,
0: And that's so true, isn't it? That we can be very mature, very calm, collected, organized, and in control of our mindset and our emotions when it comes to many other aspects of our adult life. But when we say in a family situation, such as at Christmas time or a family gathering, or even just a family visit, it's like something happens that we just revert back to that younger person we once were. And those old family dynamics the I guess the power dynamics the relationship dynamics are still there it's like we haven't we've moved on with our life but there's this part of us that hasn't extricated ourselves from those original dynamics
1: and that's why the analogy of the inner child works because it's almost like a kernel in the middle of a nut and we're stuck in those old childhood codependency. And that's the word, really, because if you think quite naturally, quite correctly, quite properly, all children are codependent on their parents. For a period in their lives, they are codependent. They depend on them for everything, food, shelter, clothing, guidance, health, well-being, taken education. So we are codependent. And what this does, as you say, that trigger we trigger ourselves to go back into that codependency mindset and mode of thinking. And so everything is seen through the filter of the inner child.
0: Mm, And so that codependency is, I guess, can manifest in several ways. And I guess a lot of people will be surprised by that comment because it's like, well, I can, I know I can, you know, I've, Bought my own house. I've raised my own family now. I can run my own career. I'm, I'm kind of well beyond who I was when I was a child, and actually for some people, well beyond my parents' setup or my family setup. I've completely moved on. Except, and yet there is still this codependency bond still there. That's
1: right, and it's an emotional codependency, though, Alex. You're looking, and the number one thing I see with my clients is expectations. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing when you're a child. We have expectations. I'm always interested where those expectations come from. Do they come from reading a book, watching TV, watching Disney films, our friends? But we have expectations, number one, of how our parents should be, how we believe they should act, how we believe they should parent us, but we also have these kind of reverse expectations about how we have to live up to our parents expectations and they may not they may not say it in so many words but we gather that information by a look by a comment by a reaction by a, an emotional response and we believe either our parents aren't living up to our expectations of parenting or we're not living up to their expectations as a child and you know in all of the videos we talk about the three lies I'm not good enough I can't cope I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy those three lies and I can tell you in a a high majority of my clients I'm talking 90% of my clients when you go down and do the golden thread you know why do you believe that why do you believe that I call it the reverse engineering. You go back down. It will always be either what parents said or what they perceive the parent thinks about them. Oh, well, I can't be good enough because if I was good enough, my mother stroke father would have loved me, wouldn't they? Oh, I can't cope because my parents told me I'm no good at this. I'll never be good at math or English or, or social mixing. I'm unlovable because my mother stroke father never really loved me. So you see this expectation kind of flows both ways and it gets very confusing, the maze of confusion that we talk about. So if I'm talking to you, if this relates to you, after this video, just sit quietly and think about your expectations, what you expect from a parent or what you believe your expect your parent expected from you. And you know in other videos I've talked about that high bar. And did you ever jump that bar? Or what normally happens is when you get close to jumping the bar, the parent raises it a little bit yeah, more.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so this idea of I guess for a lot of people they'll they will say, Oh, it's you know, what irritates me is the way he said that or she did that, yeah. or the way they've not asked me to do this, or they didn't. Asked me to do that. Or, you know, there's, we can, I guess, for a lot of clients, we'll pinpoint certain surface level things that are going on currently with their family members or parents. But actually, what's driving the emotional imbalance, this idea that we are being emotionally triggered by them, is not what they're currently doing. It's the deep seated beliefs we have around our parents whether it's an individual family member or the kind of the cohort of our whole family and how they view us we often blame like a current issue but actually it's far more deep seated and as you say this is all this deep seated expectations of who we believe that our parents want us to be or what we believe our parents should be for us now or should have been for us when we were a child This is all swirling around in dark, muddy water, and we rarely get to it. We always just blame the kind of surface level stuff.
1: Well, I've just worked with a client, and uh, when we're recording this, we're just after Christmas, and she was talking about, although we were restricted by COVID, they did Christmas through Zoom, through video conferencing, and it really deeply upset her. What, when we did the Golden Thread, why was you upset? And that's what the Golden Thread does. It starts as the emotion. And then you reverse engineer. Why did you create the emotion? Why, 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 why? And this is what the answer she told me. Well, it was obvious, especially on, on video, how my father held my sister much more important than me he was always talking to her, he was always referring to her, he was always asking her for guidance and advice and what she thought. So if I said something, she said, it was almost like it was meaningless, it didn't mean nothing, he just talked over me. And he went to my sister and he said, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And what do you think? Oh, and and she she said, this is what he said, oh, you've always been the same. And this is her expression, I felt like so small, I felt so insignificant. But you see what she's doing there, she's putting the feelings instead of saying, okay, well change, stop saying I feel, replace it with I think, I choose, I believe. She said, well, I believe I'm so small. And I said, well, why do you believe you're so small? And then she said it is because my father doesn't give me the same attention that he gives my sister. Therefore, I must be insignificant. I'm repeating her words. So you see what she's doing? She's putting all the authority for her character, her well-being, what she stands for as a human being. She's putting it right into her father's hands. And I would say her father doesn't even realize, because this is the answer I said to her. Well, let's just say, for a kind of a mind game, and you can play this as with yourself. Let's just say your father does prefer your sister. And she was looked horrified. And I said, well, let's just play this mind game. So what? So what? Why are you letting your authority that represents you, your, what I call awesomeness, who you are, why are you giving all of that to your father to design your life, to live your life. And that's the key is where does that, if you want to call it self esteem, self knowing, self knowing, where what I call inspiration of who you are, don't give that to someone else, not even your parent. Don't give it to your partner. Don't give it to your children. This is the teaching, this is the life lesson. You, your shen, I call it, your spiritual well-being depends on you connecting to you who you are. Don't let it be affected by external, even members of your family. And I know you love them, and I know they're close to you, but don't put your well-being of who you are and your life and your emotions into somebody else's care because they don't even probably know that you're doing that. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm sure a lot of people listening to that that example you've just given there can relate to that. I mean, I know you know people can be highly successful in all ele- all other elements of their life, whether it's their career, in their other relationships, in their friendships, Um, and yet there is a part of them which I guess is that inner child within us that is still looking for the validation for the strokes from the parent and and just the idea of say accepting that you know well it's perfectly natural a parent may prefer one sibling over the other you know that i guess fills our inner child with horror no because i want to be the best i want i want my mommy to love me i want my daddy to love me because if i'm I'm the best and I know I'm good enough. The inner child kind of discounts all the other successes, all the other forms of validation we may be getting from other elements of our life and the fact that we should be validating ourselves. All the inner child is fixated on, that part of our mind which is stuck in childhood with these childhood dynamics is fixated on getting the approval from the parent figure because that's what matters the most to the inner child.
1: And that's why you opened up and you said triggered, and that pulls, you're pulling the trigger, because what that part of your mind is saying quite clearly, there you go, look, there's the evidence, that's what I've always known, that's what he's doing. Even 40, 50, 60 years later, look what he's doing, he's doing exactly the same. But you're making a more important and spiritual misunderstanding there. This is what gets the confusion, because as Alex said, you're looking externally for validation. And that's a very important word in this teaching. And if you think about the word validation, what does it mean? It means you are seeking value. And my teaching to you, to share with you, is you don't need somebody else to give you value. Here's a life lesson. You are valuable, and you have to be valuable to yourself. As I've said in many teachings, when you were born, the midwife didn't hold you up in the delivery room and say, quick, can somebody give this baby some value? This is why it's a spiritual teaching. You intrinsically have value. And if you do not believe that, that simple teaching, then you fall into this trap of always looking externally, looking for someone else, watching their language, their body language, what their words they're using, see if they looking, valuing your sister, your husband, your brother, your friend, what they value you, because it's almost like, this is how I see it, it's almost like an oxygen, and you need this oxygen, but someone else has their hand on the control, and you're always trying to manipulate them to give you what you want and another client said to me once it's like being a drug addict you're looking and it's never enough is it? Is the teaching it's never enough it's never enough because whatever you get you'll always be looking critical oh I had to force him to say that oh he wouldn't have said that if I hadn't have done this oh I know he doesn't really mean it oh he's not really saying it oh my goodness, you go round and around on what we call the carousel of despair. And,
0: that, and that's right, because the inner child, if the inner child believes that our parents don't like us, our parents prefer our sibling, our parents think we're not good enough, we're a failure, if that's the belief that the inner child has set in place from a young age, the inner child really discounts any other evidence to prove otherwise. So if the parent did say something nice and supportive to you, it would dismiss that. Absolutely. It wants to focus only on finding evidence to support the original belief. So it has a very blinkered view. And I just want to ramp this scenario up a little bit. So we've talked about subtle the idea of a client looking for subtle things, subtle things that are said or not said to prove that the parent doesn't like me or the parent prefers my other sibling. What about, and I know this happens to a lot of people, when the parent is actively kind of sniping at them or criticizing them or dismissing what they're doing. So every time they meet up with them or they communicate with them, it's, There's a lot of the CCJ, a lot of the comparing, criticising, being judgmental going on from the parent or the family unit towards you. How do we deal with that? Because that's a lot more, a lot of people say, they're constantly attacking me, belittling me. How do we reconcile that? So as
1: I said at the beginning, this is a really good teaching because as you just explained, this touches on another important kind of support of the Wu Wei wisdom teaching, CCJ, criticizing, comparing, and being judgmental. Now, if you've been brought up in that family environment, I will ask you to do one thing. Look at your grandparents, look at your parents' parents, and you will see exactly the same techniques coming down the family tree. It's almost like a present that's been passed on from generation to generation, and so your parents are not. This is back to expectations. Are not been haven't been able to throw off this idea of CCJing, and so they were CCJed, and then they would just pass it on to you. They don't sit around the kitchen table one night and think. Wouldn't it be a good idea to really criticize or compare our children? Wouldn't it be a really good idea to be judgmental? For them, it's what they experienced, and they pass it on. You then experience that. And if you're not careful, and here's the real teaching, the life lesson, then you will pass it on. You will CCJ. And lots of my clients go, oh, no, David, I do the opposite. I do the opposite. I don't criticize. And I say, you're wrong, because you are your own greatest critic. You are your own worst comparing you with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Is this true? And you, your own worst of being judgmental. It's almost as though you've taken that teaching of your grandparents, of your parents, and now you've refined it. And even though you look me in the eye and say, I wouldn't compare anyone else but you're comparing yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is why we do these life lessons. You know, I say on all of the videos, you cannot change what you don't understand. You have to understand what's going on here to change it. Because that part of your mind, as Alex has just explained, that we're calling the inner child, one of its greatest, well, I would guess he would call it his asset, I think it's, it's greatest problem, is it loves familiarity. It will just do what is familiar, Mm -hmm. and it'll either do exactly the same on one end of the pendulum, or it will swing to the other end of the pendulum, and it swings between the two. So as I've just explained, it would never criticise their own children, their physical children, never criticise, never ever compare them with someone else but it would do it to themselves. Or it would criticize their parents and say, look at your sister, why aren't you as good as your sister? Why don't you do this? Why about your brother? How about this? Why haven't you come top of the class? So you see this swinging pendulum of the emotion is what we're trying to deal with. Very challenging for you to deal with. The first thing is to recognize it, to see where it come from, to see that it's only a mindset, Just because your grandparents believed it and your parents believed it, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You do not have to believe it. And the way out of this is what I call spirituality. My word is Shen. If you go deep inside of you to that honesty, that integrity, that truth. And you know, I get the most pushback when I go, stop it. You've got to stop it. And people go, oh, it's not that easy. It is that easy if you come from your spirituality. And when you hear yourself just about to be critical, CCJ yourself or someone else, stop it. And then later on think, why am I choosing to do that? You have to dismantle that familiarity pattern a way of thinking and believing
0: because the way you described that David that's the kind of dynamic of what's going on here it's like the motivations for say our family members or our parents actions whether it's their words their actions towards us what they say to us what they write to us in an email or what they do or don't say to us even they can be many varied and complicated so they could be criticizing us because they're trying to motivate us in a negative way because that's what they've learned they could be acting in a certain inauthentic way because actually they're competing with us because they see us as a threat to them and they're somehow jealous of us and it's they've got their issues and again that's been passed down to them because maybe there was a competition going on with their parents and them so there could be many many you know, complicated manipulations going on here. But the point is not necessarily understanding the motivations. It's more about understanding that there's a game going on here and that we can either choose to engage in this game, whatever their motivations are, or we can step back, breathe deep, disconnect from the inner child that is used to engaging in the game because that's, as a child, we were fully engaged in that game because we were codependent then yep. and it's only our inner child now that wants to be drag us back into that game and play that dynamic with the family member the parent but if we can disconnect and connect to that quiet intuition that inner still, still knowledge within us that shen spirituality that authenticity within us we can identify hold on, there's a game being played here. There's a dynamic that does not serve me well. And I refuse to engage in this.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. And I always kind of pull back a little bit from the word game. Mm -hmm. But it is a game, you're absolutely right. But it's a very deadly game. Yeah. Uh, The word game makes it sound like it's not important, but it's deadly important. This is a deadly game that's been passed down through your generations. And I think to break this is to recognize your shen, is to go back into your spirituality. And many of my clients will say, well, does that mean I disengage from my family? No, no, no. As Alex has just explained so well, you can absolutely love your family, your mother, your father. You can appreciate for what they did to you, but you can disengage from the emotional game. And that's the key. That is the teaching, that's the life lesson. You do not have to play their game. So when they say, oh, you're not as good as your brother, stroke sister, you say, oh, you're probably right, Dad. I'll never be as good as them. It means nothing to you, because you're connecting to a different source, mm-hmm. the source of spiritual energy that no one else can give to you and no one else can take away from you. You don't have to look outside to be topped up. You can top yourself up. And this gives you this inner strength, this inner power, this inner knowing, this inspiration, being in spirit. And this actually means that you can be closer to your family, closer to those who are having great difficulty in their own life of CCJing without being involved in the game. And that's the life lesson here, is to know and to understand. Do not look outside for validation, value, worth, whatever you want to call it. You absolutely culture and cultivate that from within you. And that's why we do these life lesson videos.
0: And so I would imagine as well if we can disconnect from our inner child or reassure our inner child, because a lot of people would say, oh, well, it's easier said than done if a parent criticises me. How can I not be affected by that? I think, would you say there's like a a, a learning stage here to, to begin to self-refer if we're so used to being connected to what our parents say to us or don't say to us or how how they look at us or don't look at us or how they praise our siblings and don't praise us. Is there a period of time, it's almost like we've got to untie these knots in order to then be able to say, look, it's okay. Speak to our inner child and say, you know, you are worthy, you are good enough. The, this, this individual, this family member is, they're on their journey, they're human. They're not the perfect parent they They're not the necessarily the reasonable, balanced person that we would like them to be, so we have to be the reasonable, balanced person for ourselves. Yes, and I think
1: this is very important is in the technique because a lot of teachers do tell you to disconnect and to ignore, and we're saying the opposite. We're saying to reconnect to your inner child and to give that part of your mind that we're calling the inner child the emotional education that they so richly deserve and want. And this is about embracing your child and re-educating them. We sometimes call it in our videos, reparenting. Reparenting your child rather than looking outside for that spiritual connection and oneness and reinsurance and validation is to look inside. Look where they already have it. And it's about bringing them the part of your mind and your mature spiritual self together in a oneness. So this is why this work is so important, that you don't have to engage in the game because there's nothing to gain from playing the game. Mm. Because you already have everything that you need And again, I'm going to repeat, that doesn't mean to say you have to disconnect from your family, friends. It just means to say that you don't play the deadly emotional game with them. You are absolutely balanced, in harmony, in your flow, and you're flourishing, regardless of what they think, say, or do. Your trigger has been disconnected. They cannot, and there's no trigger to pull. You just smile and you tell your father, your mother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grand I love you. And you, it doesn't matter whether they love you back or how they love you because you are so secure and grounded in your Shen. And that really is the Wu Wei wisdom teaching so that you can flourish.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess in practical terms, this may mean what? Because if you know, at the extreme end of the spectrum if a family member or a parent is being very critical, very abusive. And and almost you can see sometimes in some with some clients, I know it's like they start doing it to your own children as well. It's like they're passing on the behavior as a grandparent, the critiquing. For some people, that may mean actual physical distancing from the parent. For some people, they may find they can maintain a relationship in some capacity. I suppose there's not one size fits all practical response to how we deal with this and extricate ourselves from the game
1: Exactly there's not one side but there is one thing in common when you're secure in your own value and your own worth and your own love then it's much easier almost like a reaction to putting the boundaries and the restrictions of what you will accept and what you won't accept and it's so much easier to patrol your boundaries and borders and, and and what what is right for you and the reason for this is because you're coming from truth honesty and integrity your voice changes the words you use change so in the example that you just used if they're being critical to your children as a grandparent then you can quite easily say hey mom stop that type of thing hey dad and uh, that we don't we don't bring up our children like that. And this comes from a different place, a, a, a kind of a place of inner knowing, of creativity, of peacefulness, of flow, of sensitivity. This comes from a much deeper place, and it your parent, their grandparent wouldn't be able to deal to deal with this. But what you're actually doing is putting in the boundaries, mm-hmm. and you're per- patrolling the, bow- the boundaries, but f- not from a reactive position. Oh, you said this, I'm going to say this. From a more kind of grounded spiritual position. Mm-hmm.
0: And we've done teachings yeah. on setting boundaries and also triggers, which is a, a related teaching, and also on the inner child reparenting, which is so much involved in this process because as we said, the inner child is so used to playing this game with the family dynamics. So I just wanted to touch on one final thing. Are we we're not saying that if a parent we believe is being totally inappropriate in terms of how they deal with us, what we ignore it or we don't call them out on it, we can communicate with them from that authentic place, from our shared spirituality, from our groundedness that, you know, this is not appropriate. So we're not saying ignore it and just say, oh, I love you. We are saying that boundaries may need to be put in place.
1: No, but what I am saying is when you put those boundaries in place, if you're putting them in place from a spiritual basis, Mm -hmm. from your truth, from your honesty, from your integrity, then those boundaries will be much more reasonable and much easier for you to maintain and to keep in place. So as the extreme example that you said, if a parent or a brother or somebody in your family is being unreasonable expecting too much instead of reacting fire with fire you will be able to react from a much more grounded peaceful place and you will be able to put those boundaries in and more importantly this is what i found when we did the the boundaries video most people are very good at putting in in boundaries and stating the boundaries it's maintaining the boundaries it's making sure that your parent, your brother, your sister, your family member knows that this is a no go area. And it doesn't matter what they do, how they manipulate you, what they do, you are firm on that boundary. And to be firm on that boundary to them, you have to be very firm and grounded in what is right and correct and balanced and harmonious for you. So, with all of the life lessons teaching, It starts with getting the value from yourself, from looking at you first and like dropping a pebble in a pond and the ripples ripple out. First of all, it starts with you to connect to your Shen, your spirituality, your truth, your honesty, your integrity. And then you'll notice that these will start to ripple out and then you can put in boundaries and almost instinctively The word you use, the the voice, the body language is much different. And so those trigger points just disappear because you're coming from a different place, a place that's authentic and in your way. And you can be in your flow and you can flourish to be the person that I know you really are.
0: Brilliant. Thank you, David. So if you're listening to this teaching and you can relate to any of this, perhaps as an exercise, you can become more mindfully aware of the family dynamics that are going on. Are there any games being played that your inner child is engaging in? How is your inner child Relating to your parents or key family members, such as siblings, uncles, or aunties, whoever it is that you would normally say, you know, I get so emotionally triggered by them. Have a think about it. Do this exercise, observe it this week, what's going on, because I think that mindful awareness is so important because then you can prepare yourself to disengage as you enter into any sort of family dynamic situation. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, he supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel, and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy, and in your flow.